Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. This is our first episode of the nominal off-season. Uh, my name is Dan and with me as always to guide us through the perilous months ahead is my dear friend Sarah. How are you Sarah? I'm alright. Um, I may <laughs> I may die of cold because at the moment I have got, obviously I'm dying of leprosy and botulism and things like that, but I'm sure I'll survive for the time it takes us to podcast. Standard seasonal Bristolian uh, health issues, I understand. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cool. Well, thank you for uh, for being on hand to brave your way through it with us. Um, I guess the first thing to, to talk about is where we're up to transfer-wise. Yeah, it's been uh, yeah, it's been an interesting transfer season. We've got um, oh, it's oh, it's so nice. It, there's some really interesting teams shaking up. Um, I think I told you before that uh, Adri Visser left um, Skill Argos, yes. which is now Argos Shimano, and they've swapped her for Kirsten Veld, who's like the world's greatest Dutch sprinter, and they've also got um, Charlotte Becker. Um, who's just amazing time trialist and fantastic all-round rider. Generally found in Ina Yoko Tutenberg's sprint train and double world champion Lucy Garner. So that's exciting. Yes. And we've also got other junior talent, Anazita Maria Stricker, who is going to be my favourite rider in the future. I can just tell. Is that, um, um, is that for her riding ability or just how much fun you have saying her name? Uh, what, you mean, you think I say Anazita Maria Stricker? with particular relish. Yes, definitely. There is a sense of relish every time you say that. <laughs> well, she's going to join M. Cipollini Giambonini, which I also <laughs> like saying. <laughs> <laughs> so it is a match made in heaven for you, isn't it? It really just, is. Just, I... just say it for me once. Um, you know, rider of team name. Okay. So the rider of M. Cip- M. Cipollini Giambonini, Anazita Maria Stricker. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Awesome. Or, Anazita Maria Stricker of M. Cipollini Giambonini. <laughs> it works either way. I look forward to this. I, I'm looking forward to next season already. Yeah, um, and... Um, oh, this is interesting. Tipco, the American-based team. Yes. They've taken on um, Chantal Blart from Our Drink, Claudia Hauschler, who was at... Um, uh, who's at, at uh, Orica AIS, and Shelley Olds, who is was RR's American sprinter and as a general super sprinter. And you might remember from the heartbreaking puncture in, that got her out of the final breakaway in the Olympic, in the Olympic race. race. Yes, yes, indeed. Now, the other transfer news, which should have been an exciting transfer news, but has been somewhat overshadowed, was Rabobank. Because mm. Rabobank had taken on um, Lucinda Brand from RR and they'd also taken on Megan Garnier the current um, American road world road national champion who was from Tipco but all of that's been slightly overshadowed I think this week by um... <laughs> just just a little bit overshadowed in the last Friday. 24 hours I was actually it was Friday night uh, yesterday my time uh, and I was Amazingly enough, for a young man of means in uh, Australia, at the pub. Um, <laughs> He's surrounded by beautiful women and fine wines. Yes, yes, I was for the purposes of this story. Absolutely, so there um, you I was regaling them all with with witty tales of my working week, full of adventure and win. 
And were they all like, were they were they were the girls were the girls looking at you admiringly? And um, at one and point, what... I, I can't deny it. At one point, a fight did break out towards the back between two women over who would get to kiss me first. It's true. <laughs> Anyway, I heard an alert on my phone, which meant that um, something important had happened on Twitter. Um, I have a specific <laughs> alert for important tweets. <laughs> okay. And, and, and I saw so a message from Yen saying that, that Rabo had made the decision to pull their funding from their professional teams. And um, that elicited from me uh, a somewhat muted response, which, because of its very muted nature, you could tell that it had struck me particularly harshly. And I said, oh, fuck. <laughs> And what did your crowd of ladies say? Did you? Did you? Did you? Were you so distraught that you? They immediately. Crowd... They immediately pressed closer in an attempt to console me before they even understood what was wrong. And then, as I explained the nuances of uh, the the disparity in the the um, you know various professional levels of the sport and the fact that the women struggle against amazing odds and are therefore heroes to us all. Uh, they were, one, immediately touched by my sensitivity and understanding of uh, the plight of modern women the world over. Um, two, very sympathetic, obviously, to to my, you know, taken-upon cause. And uh, and three, just absolutely determined to find some way to console me. Um, unfortunately, they didn't succeed. <laughs> but that's that's really no fault of their own. I blame so, Rabobank. So, I blame so Rabobank. So, so, so there you are in the pub with your mates, and you go fuck, and they go, "What's going on, Dan?" And you go, "Fuck cycling, fuck," and then and your and your mates go, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" and hand you another pint. <laughs> yeah, basically, it was. Uh, are you talking about cycling again? What's Lance Armstrong done this time? And I'm like, "Well, it's technically not exactly him, but yes, it is him, and fuck him." And you know, then I I sent a, a tweet saying that I'd actually been pretty calm about all the Lance Armstrong stuff until now. And um, and then I drank. Mm. It was not the most welcome news, but that said, I um, I don't think I'm brave enough yet to say I'm optimistic. But there are reasons for for some continued hope, and there are a couple of things that are really worth pointing out. And I think um, Sarah, you've probably got a little more detail on the the story, but there's some great news that's come about as a result of of dear Mariana Voss. Um, yes. Yeah, for people who for people who weren't religiously watching their Twitter, following their Twitter in the pub went out of their mates. Dear God, and um, for people who <laughs> for people aren't who aren't sad geeky geeky dams. Um, yeah, Rabobank have announced that they're pulling out of professional cycling completely in response to all the doping shit that's going on at the moment. And unfortunately, they said they're going to carry on supporting cyclocross under twenty three youth stuff and the national team. But they decided to pull out of the men's and women's team too. And apparently they're going to honour their contracts um, and, and pay the money. But the teams are basically going to ride under a white jersey because they just do not want to be associated with the sport of professional cycling anymore. Which, uh, it pisses me off to be honest because, you know, which women have the, you know, women's teams don't even have the money to have a bus at races, do you know what I mean? Let alone a fucking doping programme. And um, Women's prizes are along the lines of, you know, 500 euro, euros is a huge prize, but in general you win like 150 euros for, I don't know, you know, uh, a stage of the Girodon or something. Mm, mm. It's, it's completely it's completely bizarre and and unfair and shit and but they said oh well in their press conference but we want to support Mariana Voss 
And Voss's reaction, she is just, I know I go on about Mariana Voss. I'm a huge Mariana Voss fangirl, I admit it, but her, she is so full of integrity and love for the sport and understanding of her teammates. And she's basically said, well, you want to support me? You can't support me without supporting my team. And yeah, if you, if, you know, basically, if you want me, you support my team. Yeah. And that is, it's fucking awesome. And a great sign of integrity from her. But also, um, you know, it's really, really shrewd and smart of her as well to recognise that she is in a, a reasonably unique position to be able to make, um, I hesitate to say demands, but to be able to make a statement to that effect and know that it will carry weight. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. mean, she, I mean, she's just won the Olympics and the World Championships in the same year. She won the mm. World Championships. In, in in fucking the Nether in the Netherlands on you know off the on the oh, mm. on the Catholic, you know she's just she's she is Dutch cycling and she's young she's enthusiastic she's outspoken about doping and yeah. you know always always is 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 yeah. I mean continued public calls for more testing for women and out of competition testing and stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah. like I mean, she's she is a sponsor's dream it's one of the things that I found really conflicting about the story as I tried to wrap my head around it because I do understand from a sponsor's point of view and I mean I'm speculating a bit here but I I think you know where I Rabobank the things that would really concern me would be um you know, probably in order, the number of um, Rabobank riders, past and present, um, on the men's side, who have been named and and to varying extents associated with the USADA report um, that, yeah, yeah. that's been released related to all the Armstrong stuff. Yeah, um, and not just secondly, Ferrari, the Ferrari motorhome tapes. Yes, yes, those, and then also the 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 other thing that would really leap out for me if I were Rabobank is the. Um, apparent complicity of elements within the UCI, uh, yeah. which which call into serious question the integrity of the organisation as a whole. And and I can I can certainly understand those things as, as major concerns that would give me pause as a as a sponsor, but given Rabobank's huge and and long term relationship with cycling, it does seem to me that it was a rather hasty um, decision and press release to say we're pulling out and I don't know that the people responsible for that decision really thought through the implications of it all completely before they made the announcement. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm cautiously hopeful that we may see in the coming days, you know, uh, through next week, um, a revision and a, a better plan for what they actually will and won't do. Um, yeah. And then on a purely aesthetic level, if Rabo do have, you know, all branding pulled off um, the, the team kit, I really hope someone puts skulls and crossbones on them because they're cool. <laughs> You see, I was hoping that they would ride on a bike pure. Oh yeah, that too. That's that's probably a better political message. But pirates <laughs> are. I mean, there is. I mean, and they're talking about. They were talking about all sorts of things like, well, maybe we'll you know we'll support the team to 2016 mm. because Rio, you know, Marianica, Rio, um, the Olympics. But then they were talking about, well, we could do it under the guise of a national team. But it's like, well, hang on, what about our international riders? And, yeah, I think it's basically they just haven't considered it. And I think um, Jens' description of the press conference where they were going, where, where, where they were completely blindsided by a question of Mariana's teammates. Yeah. Which teammates? Yeah. Her teammates? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But are we talking um, Dutch ones only, or all the professional ones, or are we talking the ones planned for next year or the season beyond that? And 
Yeah, it's a very complex sort of situation, and that's why I think it was a bit of a, a knee-jerk announcement that hasn't actually, you know, like a, a plan for how that would work and what it would look like hasn't really been thought out yet. And so I'm hoping that it will be revised back to something a bit more reasonable. Yeah. Um, and, and further to that, uh, John Cyclopunk, um, I know you wanted to mention his blog. He's got um, an open letter to Rabobank yeah. related to I this. Yeah, John Cyclopunk. If you if you hit up his website, um, www.http um, colon slash slash um, cyclopunk.blogspot.co.uk, um, he's got an open letter to Rabobank that he he published yesterday. And actually, this is something he sent to them. And I think that's something that we can do. We can email people like Rabobank and we can tweet them on their at Rabobank account. You know, Rabobank the bank and say, look, don't. We get that we get that men's sport is corrupt and tainted, but and it's not just the money. It's not just the money with the women. But you're, you know, you're you're putting the women and Mariana Voss's team. You know, we're talking Annemiek van Vluten and Paulina Ferrand-Provo and oh my God, this this era slapping down this team full of super talent. Whether it's the race winners or whether it's the domestiques who work their asses off to help them win the race. Mm. You know, with these people, you're basically saying these people are the same as Lance Armstrong. Yeah, and that's not. It's just not right. And um, you know, we've had this. It's, it's a difficult thing to have a conversation about women and drugs because there has been more. There has been. There have been. You know, every year there's maybe a couple of drugs cases in the women's sport. But you know, as I say, they don't have. There, it's a clean sport. I. I, this is a very unpopular thing to say, but the women who get into it tend to be much better educated or have taken a, or have taken a clear choice. Do I go to uni or do I become a cyclist? You know, they're, they're, they're going into it with many more resources, I think, than, than some of the boys who've just been right, you know, who have just been riding since they were six years old. You know, they're, they're intelligent women who have made choices and they've made choices to be clean. Yep. But you know, I, I think I think also related to to that side of it. I mean, absolutely, that's that's definitely um, a factor in the the whole thing. But the, I guess one of the things that I'm keen to take away from this is some of the lessons that that we've learned through this year. Um, where, like, I think you and I in particular have both been amazed and and to a certain extent humbled at the response to our social media jersey project. We've seen the fan backed women's cycling um, project kick off really well. Um, and and then a few other things that are, are broader, like the Kimmage Defence Fund and stuff. I think yeah, we've, yeah. we've actually hit this point too where, um, and Gerard Vrooman wrote a really interesting thing about this on his blog, um, not so much specifically about the, the Rabo situation, but about how the, the fan base in cycling is at this point where it, it can start to actively take hold as a, a force within the sport of cycling. So it's non, no longer just cycling administrators and cycling teams and cyclists. The fans yeah. actually do have a collective voice and and can make themselves heard, and yeah. you know rather than just battering Rabobank with a, a bunch of um, you know you bastards sort of messages, one of the things I liked about John Cyclopunk's um, letter is that it, it, it's it lays out the the reasoning and the case very well. And it also points out that we as fans are not so naive as to think that Rabobank itself, you know, we're not associating the brand with the action of some riders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and that kind of thing is actually important to the sponsor because that's what they worry about. Um, you know, now there, there are other sponsors and other teams where those relationships are maybe closer. And, and I guess it, it's possible that, that there are 
you know, untoward things to be found in, in any team in the modern era. But the point is that we as fans are, are much more in tune with what's going on in the sport and, you know, have much better understanding of who is responsible for which action um, yeah. and, and distinguishing those sorts of things. And so it's not as simple as, you know, a, a rider on your team got popped and therefore we think you're a bunch of bastards. Um, yeah. and, and there are greater things at stake. And I think, you know, for me, that's probably the biggest thing is when you see something as, you know, I was, I was, um, heartbroken is probably a bit too strong a word, but I was, I was really, really disappointed for our drink when um, it became apparent that the funding wasn't going to be able to continue for next year because they built a really good team and had a good year. And, and that hurts a lot. But then when you go to the other end of the, the street where you've got Rabobank who are like, super dominant, one of the, the top two teams of the year, um, have been in the sport forever, have the winningest rider of, of pretty much all time, and yeah. and they pull out, that has a far bigger impact on the sport as a whole than just the team. The ripple effect of that is huge. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And that's my real concern, and, and those are all points that I think, you know, it's important that we, we collectively do what we can to be heard on those things. So as you say, you know, um, sending a letter or an email or or retweeting or, or whatever, just just to make it clear that we're, we're aware and we're watching and it's important to us that this doesn't, you know, go that way. Yeah, and having someone like Voss, who's the politest, sweetest, you know, I mean, she's, you know, you'll have, you'll have your writers like, like, like Ina or your writers like Georgia Bronzini who'll just come out and go, you know, there's just a bunch of fuckers. Yeah, um, I paraphrase. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, but but in a very in a very well in a very clever good way. You know, Voss is always very. She's a very calm, very kind of private, very, you know, very very controlled individual. So there's Voss going. Yeah, I completely understand Rabobank's position. You know, they, I, I I completely understand that. However, don't hurt. You know, however, you can't have me mm. <laughs> unless you have my team. Yeah, yep. <laughs> and well, it's because she. Not- cycling she loves 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 cycling and she wants it to be and she doesn't you know she she loves it and she knows it's a team sport she's always been incredibly generous with her teammates you know about um you know about about, she will ride as hard for her teammates win as she'll ride for her own win and that's fucking hard yeah and that's it's just it's just it was inspirational i mean i really really when i saw that it was just it was just lovely to see that yep. Voss saying Voss coming out publicly when she didn't have to do it. She could have said, "Oh, this is terrible. Look at what the men have done to us, those bastards." But she's coming out saying, "Yeah, if you want me, you have my team." Yep, yep. And that's the thing. It's um, and, and I I think you know for me, I mean, I was really sort of you know, very down about it when it, when it, when the news first broke and I've, uh, I don't know, cheered up's not quite the right word, but I am, I am much more cautiously hopeful that we'll find a a better resolution and a better plan in the, in the near future being expressed and that, um, you know, that I, I remain hopeful that there will be things to be very positive about. Um, it's, yeah, I don't know, maybe I'm being naive, maybe I am living too much on hope, but I, I feel like it's important to not um, to not assume that this is a, a finished uh, conversation or story yeah. as yet. Yeah, but I think I think the other interesting thing is if what happens is Rabo are paying for 
<laughs> you know, for the cost of the team for next year. Imagine the second sponsors who are desperate, who would be lining up and ringing up, basically going, "Yeah, I'll be, you know, be, be us." Right. So, you, so you're, you're suggesting that Garmin may come back to women's cycling. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, it would be quite hilarious. I would, I, I would enjoy imagine, that. I can't imagine Mariana Voss getting involved with anything. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and and, um, and it's been a really interesting baptism of fire for. I'm sorry for pronouncing his name really badly. Um, Kus Murenhorst. <laughs> How do you say his name? I uh, well okay just just to compare and and really offend from both of us, um, I'd I'd say Kus Murunhut. <laughs> See, but you know I've been drinking, so that's my excuse. Uh, yeah, um, but he's you know he's he's just come on as the DS, and I've got to admit it's like one of those things we've had. Um, so your own Blylevens, who was the women's DS, has been <laughs> had been in inverted commas promoted from uh, the women's DS to be, after a couple of years of, of working with Mariana Voss and her team, to, to the men's team, and Coos had been given the, the team, given the job of DS. And I hate this. Um, in general, I hate it, because you see it with um, British Cycling did this with giving Chris Newton a job, DSing the, women's, the British women's team off his massive experience of having ridden the Tour of Britain. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and, and that guy, that that guy Jackson Stewart of BMC, who um, who admitted, you know, he he was he was he'd been a BMC rider, and he was given the job of DSing the American um, the American national team, and he basically admitted he'd never even seen any women's cycling or didn't give a fuck. He just wanted to become a DX. Um, but it's different with Coos because Coos for years has been tweeting, you know, he while he was while he was racing, he would tweet, "Oh my God, Mariana's just won this." And yep. He's a real he's a real friend of the sport. I think maybe his wife was an, um, used to race or something, but he but he's and not that that's the only reason he'd be a friend of the sport. I hasten to add, I th you know I think he's just a good, cool, probably handsome and sexy Dutch man. <laughs> they have those. Told. <laughs> no, but you know, and it's really not, and it's so it's been an interesting thing for him to come out as the DS in all of this. And he's put some very good tweets out, very kind of calm, reasoned. We don't know what's happening. We're definitely riding next year. It's all good. Mm. I've just had a meeting. We might go to America next year. You know, some very... Um, yeah, yeah. Some very, some very... They're exactly the kind of tweets that you'd want to see from a DS. So Mar you've got Mariana going, well, you can't have me unless you have a team. Um, which is amazing, and imagine that for sponsors. Imagine being associated with that kind of, uh, you know, just just integrity and yeah, goodness, yeah. Um, for want of a, a loaded word. But you know, and then you've got Coos kind of going, yeah, you know, we're, we're, we we don't we will fight on. It's it's lovely, you know. It's a really it is, and it's one of those things that for me, you know, who knows how it'll play out. But I'd love to see this really sort of bear fruit in the in the coming season anyway in terms of um just the growth on this year i i don't know maybe i i find it very hard to judge how much of this is me and my own um growth in understanding and appreciation for the sport or how much of it is true but i really feel like 2012 has been a really good year for women's cycling it's had great exposure um the Olympics and the world's road races were fantastic one-day races. It was a great Giro Don. 
Um, you know, and I, I feel like there's a lot more interest and conversation happening around the sport generally. And, mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, before this news, I was, I was heading into 2013 quite optimistic that we would have a, a great year to build on that momentum and hopefully carry on with some, some cool and exciting new things. And I don't think we've necessarily lost that opportunity. Um, it's just a matter, I think, of, of continuing to be determined to make sure that we do maximise that opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And I think we'll hear, I mean, the rumours you hear <laughs> are quite interesting. I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of team announcements that haven't been made and that, that kind of augur for interesting and the interesting things. So, yeah, it's... Um, It'll be, I, yeah. I think you're right. You know, keeping the positivity is is the is the is the key. And and actually, yes, if we are talking to Rabo, you know, keeping the positivity up of 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 you know women's women's cycling as a brand, Rabo should be proud. You know, should be proud to be identified with. It's not Absolutely. just Absolutely. the whole thing is spectacular. And mm. you know, and it's and it and it kind of portrays everything you want about sport, about associating your company with sport. It really so, yeah. does. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. And actually, on that note of positivity, that leads me into the next thing that I wanted to to bring up, which is um, our next item for me to read um, as one of the rewards for our social media jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this week we have an excerpt sent to us by Shauna Smash, uh, who I'm sure you all follow on Twitter. Um, and Sean has written us a, a nice little thing, like she's actually written this herself about um, being positive, and um, and it, it's actually quite timely. I, I didn't uh, select this because it was timely. I'd actually already planned to read it, but it, it's worked out to I think tying quite nicely with um, with the the whole Rabo thing and, and looking to next year. So I'm going to read that. I've been told that no accent is necessary, and because it's um, a, a positive and and um meaningful message i don't think i will attempt it with a, a funny accent although sarah if you if you want me to reread part of it in a funny accent afterwards feel free to uh, to ask me to do that but here we go so shauna writes this past year i saw more positive attitudes collaboration and new interest in women's cycling than any other year since i started following I think the best way we can all grow the sport is to continue in an optimistic fashion and to be kind to each other. We are all trying to work toward the same goal, to make this sport better for the women racing their bikes. I think this quote really sums up where I'm coming from. All I ask of you is one thing. Please don't be cynical. I hate cynicism. It's my least favorite quality and it doesn't lead anywhere. Nobody in life gets exactly what they thought they were going to get. But if you work really hard and you're kind, amazing things will happen. That's from Conan O'Brien. So let's all focus on working together, being nice, and staying positive. We may only take baby steps in moving women's cycling forward, but that is way better than being cynical and snarky. That accomplishes nothing, in my opinion. Onward, with an exclamation mark. Shauna Smash. Um, So yeah, that was a lovely message from Shauna. Um, uh, I do reserve the right, Shauna. I I agree with you, and I respect your your viewpoint and and your statement completely, but I do reserve the right to um, to employ both cynicism and snark for comedic purposes as and when I see fit. Feel free, though, from your end to um, call me a cynical bastard and a snarkastic prick anytime you want. Oh, no, I love that. I think it's it's lovely. Mm. I'm always... 
Sean is such an enthusiastic and and great fan as well. You know, I mean, well, that's, I, actually, I that's what I love too is that um, like she's not just saying that. That is a big part of what she brings to the the broader community of women cycling fans and, yeah. and supporters as well. You know, she's a really um, fun and enthusiastic and and optimistic and encouraging person. A great presence to to have. So yeah. yeah. And that's and that's one of the things I think you know when I think about the the kind of Twitter fandom and I know we're just a tiny corner of of women's cycling fandom and there's probably all these other corners of of women's cycling fandom all over Twitter you know I never think that we're it or you know or special or important or anything but when I think about like the little community we've got going it's it really makes me happy you know that the the people like you know I've said Gwenna before Gwenna in France and. And you know, and and you know, John writing his letter, and and all these, and you know, all the amazing people I know. You know, there's just there's so many nice people, and mm. we're all kind of wanting to work together and make things better. And and well, that's like, and that, and that's been, and in this time, you know, this this week with endless, relentless Armstrong news and just oh, awful stories of men who just don't give a fuck about the sport and are just doping for personal gain and you know just you just it, it's kind of been very important to me to hold on to the positives and yeah and think actually it's my friend it's 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 talking about cycling with monty on podium cafe or yems or ed or you know or shauna or all the people you know everyone all of you who anyone who's listening you know and anyone who's turned up to to watch a race or followed a race online or watched it when it's been on TV or whatever. I mean, that's the thing. It's And, and it's the beautiful thing about it all um, is that... And I think 2012 really has been a year for drawing all of these, these sorts of disparate voices and people a little bit closer through use of different technologies. Yeah. And and it's starting to yield real results on the, on the ground. And, you know, it, forgive me if this sounds a little self-indulgent or selfish, but for me, one of the real joys of this week has been... And, and, it's time for us to, to update everyone anyway, that we've been able to get um, almost all of our prizes for the social media jersey now sent out, um, which is fantastic. Um, and every time, you know, we've had one little thing like um, I got the certificates printed here so that I could sign them all and then send them to Sarah so she could sign them and send them out with, with awards and stuff for, for people. And so when they arrived at the end of last week, that was a nice little moment. But then when Sarah told me this week, you know, that we've sent them to this many people and stuff and transfers are done and, and those sorts of things, it's really cool. So, um, yeah, Sarah, do you want to give everyone the, the breakdown on, on how much we've got left to go and how much we've got oh done? Well, we've given out. Um, we've given out. Basically, given, we sent prizes to eight eight riders. We're still waiting for three riders. Still want to chase three riders to find out how they want that, what they want doing. You know what they want doing sure. with their prizes. Um, if if we can't get hold of the riders or they can't or whatever, then probably what we'll do is we'll put their we'll put the donated money into the pot for next year's prize. So yeah, I mean we we've sent a lot of prizes out, but um, we've also had a couple of riders. Well. Particularly, I'm thinking Evie Stevens asked us to, to donate hers to a friend's charity, yeah? Yeah, um, Evie Stevens asked us to um, donate hers to Autism Speak, to the Speak Up for Autism events. And um, this is in New York City. Um, it's, it's New York City-based autism charity. And it's basically um, looking to support, um, to, to support funding research into causes, prevention, treatment and cure for autism. Oh, that's so, cool. That's really cool. 
Yeah, and so we'll put a link to the um, we'll put a link to the event page on our blog, um, prowomenscycling.com. And uh, yeah, and you can and have a look. I mean, do have a look because it's a really it's a re- it's a really good cause. And if you feel like supporting it, then please, please do. Definitely, um, it's, a, it's a nice thing to happen. Actually, I think that's what I mean. That's part of what the prize is all about. Actually, is you know, if that means that a rider who's who's not you know who's not paid very much to to ride can can you know we can donate something in her name yeah. to a good cause that's just as good as, as as helping a rider get to races or or buying something really fun that just makes her happy so exactly i mean to me uh, all of this you know all of these prizes represent you know discretionary spending money that they may not have otherwise had because they're yeah, yeah. covering some or all of their costs of of being on the road for so long and and all of those sorts of things and, um, you know, and, and I should add that um, Sarah's asked and, and hopefully we'll, we'll start to receive back for um, uh, photos um, from, from our prize winners with, um, with their prizes and stuff like that. So hopefully we'll get some cool stories like that. Um, I hope someone buys some really ridiculous sunglasses or a pair of shoes or something and we get some, you know, some, some truly weird photos of, um, of <laughs> odd things. You know, someone buying a, a giant pair of, you know, those double fins that people wear to go deep diving, you know, um, when they're trying to set world diving records. <laughs> Stuff like that. And, and, and actually, we've had so many messages from the riders who just really happy, delighted mm, messages mm. saying thank you to us. But it's not thank you to us. It's thank you to all of you who help support it. And you know, even if you just help support it by retweeting or by voting, it makes a really big difference. And, you know, riders have been really, really touched by this. So thank you again. And, yeah, I, I, I kind of I love the fact that I don't think we can go through one of these podcasts without saying thank you. Well, and, and it's absolutely, absolutely true. And, um, and you know, I think it's really... Um, What's the right way to say it? I think it's it's really important to recognise and and just to be absolutely clear for everyone that it it does actually have a big impact. I know. I mean, ultimately, this idea started as something that was fun and um, and a bit exciting and and all of those sorts of things, and and it definitely is all of those sorts of things. But um, please don't doubt for a second that it is also valuable and meaningful and um and has meant a lot to riders uh i think it was steph wyman my man crush contractually obliged to say that <laughs> um in his last piece for cyclismus actually listed some of the the prizes um that that riders get for for various races and yeah. um and that's you know one of the key things the the prizes that we have have been able to give through your generosity in terms of um, you know what we've been able to raise, are entirely comparable and um, and um, very much on par with with some of the top prizes in the sport. And yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not about the money, but the point is that the money is a great way to demonstrate the level of care and enthusiasm that comes from the broader fan base. And yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's the thing that really carries it through. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, sorry, I've just I've managed to pull it up. Um, third place in the Tour of Flanders, five hundred and sixty-four euros. Winner of a UCI one point one one day race is three hundred and seventy-nine euros. Uh, fifth place in the stage of a UCI two point one stage race is ninety-nine euros. 
So, you know, the prizes that we've been able to give away from, from our overall winner all the way through to, to um, our, our um, lower-ranked GC winners have all been, you know, very comparable to those. And it's, yeah. it's a really valuable and important contribution and something that we're really excited about being able to extend in the coming year. Yeah. And, and actually, they haven't stopped. There's some really good social media. There's some other really positive things I wanted to tell people about. Um, Amber Pierce had written a really nice blog on triplecrankset.com, mm-hmm. which is about taking her mum for a ride. Oh, yes, that's right. And she's promised um, part two soon, which is her mum's version of the same yeah, ride, yeah, yeah. which she I'm looking this, forward to. This is the thing. She said... Um, I took this photo on a training ride near Graz. I just crested a climb and the play of sunlight across the across the Alm just about stopped my heart in one of those holy, there is nowhere else I want to be except right here on my bicycle kind of moments. I exper- experienced a lot of those moments and will never take them for granted. However, I often wish I could share this feeling with my parents. Living overseas, I don't get to see them as often as I'd like and they don't ride bicycles. As parents, they worry about me, so they can't help but think of the physical risks of racing, the frustrating politics and the financial insecurity of what I do. What they don't get to experience is this kind of visceral and spiritual joy of riding bicycles that so inspires and captivates me and countless others. Well, wishes do come true. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, so Amber's piece, it's, it's really nice. And she says that in the future, there's going to be one from her mum about what it's like to ride with her. Yeah. So it's Yeah, it's that'll really... be a lot of fun. That'll be really cool. Uh, and Amber's doing another, I, I think um, people might remember that Amber did a series of, of Q&As, of online Q&As. Yes, that's right. Um, that was during the Giro, wasn't it? Like she was... She'd get back after those horrible days racing and then get on the internet and answer them and answer yeah. questions from random fans. Which is what I always love to do after a hard day in the office. <laughs> yeah, but the questions you get asked are slightly different, Dan. <laughs> At least they are if they're from me. <laughs> yeah, very different if they're from you. Uh, mostly about what I am or am not wearing if they're from anyone else. So. Yes, ladies, if you too would like to ask Dan a question, just send us an email at prowomenscycling.gmail.com and I'm sure he's happy to answer. <laughs> no guarantee that the answers are in fact true. <laughs> and if you happen to know any la- any single ladies who would like an Australian in their life, then, you know, send an email there too and I'll vet them and we can set them up on dates. You actually may want to refer them to a medical professional. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> uh, after that aside, um, Amber's doing um, planning some more Q and A's. So um, keep an eye on her her um, Twitter handle, Amber Malika. That's A M B E R M for Mike A L I K A. Amber Malika, and um, yeah, and then when she does them, join in, join in. She'll answer anything, and she'll answer anything with this really great, good question. <laughs> <laughs> They were one of my highlights of the year, so I'm really glad they're back. Um, yeah, that's 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 more good news. Catherine Bettine, yes, has um, also got her ongoing blog for ESPN Women, um, and she's been writing something recently about um, the dual nature of professional life. Yeah, yeah, she's been writing about. Um, she's got this is the start of it. For most professional cyclists, their story starts like this: girl meets bike, girl love bike girl gets fast pro team likes girl pro team offers small salary 
girl must work and race simultaneously. Boy, that's tough. This is how, here's how girl does it. So she explains about, and this is from an American point of view, so she kind of explains about how riders um, manage that. Um, mm. Riding, you know, riding on the, riding on the pro, riding yep. on the pro circuit. But yeah, it's like, and, and she ends, and she ends with this line that I think is very sweet. As female riders continue to voice their opinions, rise through the ranks, and strive for equality, change is inevitable. Luckily, the heart of the story will ultimately stay the same. Girl meets bike. Girl loves bike. The end. Awesome. And that's true. I mean, that that is, you know, it's a it's a good reminder. Um, and it's it's echoed actually a couple of things that I've seen um, on Twitter through the week. You know, there've been a, a couple of people, you know, like Amber Pierce again, and. Um, and uh, a few other writers on Twitter or, or wherever who've, as the, the story's broken about Lance and, you know, more and more details come out, gone, you know, don't forget why you ride your bike and and stuff like that. And it's true that um, at the heart of it, there's a cool thing about the sport that, you know, riding bikes, racing bikes is fun and it's fucking yeah. cool. And yeah, and I think Rochelle Gilmore was about that as well, was talking about that and, yeah. It's it's true. I mean, you know, every time I think this week, I was thinking, oh God, I, you know, do I have I fallen out out of love with the sport? Can I cope with one more team leaving me? You know, is this is this just too much to emotionally engage with? And I was thinking, well, no, I love it. I love it. I love the riders. I love what they do. I love what they bring. And actually, to walk away now would be, you know, wouldn't would just wouldn't be right. You know. Yeah. So it's hard, although it's fucking hard. I'm still a fan. I still love it, and I still want to do anything I can to make it better. And that's Not the thing is, you know, I, coming out of this, and and you know, I think it's important to remember that too is that we are going through like one of the darkest moments in the history of of cycling because of everything that's come to light. But it's it's painful and it's necessary. And regardless of what happens yeah. right now, even if even if we're not able to find a, a, a satisfactory solution from Rabobank in terms of supporting the women's team and, and stuff like that, and I'm not saying that will happen, but even if that did, were to happen that way, that doesn't um, change the fact that we're presented with a unique opportunity at the moment to really start to have all of the conversations that, that uh, fans, riders, teams everyone has wanted to have about the nature of the sport and the structure of the sport and the management of the sport and the future of the sport. And and so, you know, none of the things that I was excited about and enthused about last week have disappeared. Um, they've been somewhat overshadowed by the news of the last week, but they haven't disappeared. And that's, you know, that's my message of hope and positivity. And it's, and it's bled through to other things in the week for me because... Sarah, brace yourself. I hope you're sitting down and um, have assumed the safety position. Oh, God. I, I actually came across the first thing about Cyclocross that I've liked this week. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. Oh, God. True. Amazing. True story. True story. Um, on Podium Cafe, there was a, a post through the lens of Patrick Verhost, who um, you know is a, a member there who routinely goes to um, to races and takes a bunch of photos and, and posts them, and they're, they're really good posts. We'll include a link. Um, but he has one from the uh, B Post Bank Cross GP Mario de Klerk, and uh -huh. um, it was awesome. And there's lots of cool photos there, but there is in particular a photo, a photo of a young Kiwi gentleman by the name of Alexander Ravel, who happens to have the coolest fucking moustache and beard 
ever in the history of cycling. Um, and so I'm excited about that for, and it's got me interested in cyclocross, which is great. That's a good first point. But what I need now, and this is where I'm asking you, dear listener, to to step in and help, is to um, find me, help me find the, uh, the the female equivalent. I need the cyclocross bearded lady. I, this is nothing to do with me. I do not endorse this at all. Feel, feel free to send down your bearded ladies, but oh my god. Or Photoshop photos, like, you know, copy copy Alexander Ravel's beard and moustache onto ladies. That's fine too. I don't, I just, uh, anyway, I can only hope that this is it's going to actually make you watch a race and, yeah, and hopefully. I've already got um, two races potentially marked down, although one's on a, like, Sunday night slash one in the morning on a Monday for me, which is not so great. But um, the other is it Coxider? Yeah, you want to see Cox? Co- okay, if people if people are new to um, if people are new to cyclocross and they're not sure what to watch, my good friend GS Girl has got a post on Podium Cafe about the cyclocross calendar where she'll tell you about the different races to watch, and there are two races that you should definitely definitely watch. Uh, Sunday the fourth of November is Zonhoven. Zonhoven and Zonhoven is an amazing cyclocross race. It basically takes place in a giant steep sand pit. It's some kind of sand quarry where, where basically incredibly steep slopes where riders have to ride down and ride up every lap. It's hell. It's hell on earth, and it's the most entertaining thing to watch. So Zonhoven, watch Zonhoven. And but then, then um, Saturday, the twenty fourth of November, is what I have marked down as Coxider. Um, oh. Cider. I was. We went to Coxider last year for the World Championships, and it's it's another sand course, and it's brutal. It's just completely fucking brutal. You know, they're riding through sand. They've got a couple of little paved sections, um, but they're basically riding through sand, and it's um, it's it's really fucking difficult and um, beautiful race. Really Belgian. Um, you know, right on right on the Flanders coast. And yeah, everyone should watch it. And I think that's the race you should watch with me, Dan. And we'll love it. It'll be great. You'll have a Belgian beer in one hand, a Belgian beer in the other, and you'll come out at the end of it going, yeah, you were right. That's pretty awesome. Well, there's only one way to find out. And I think that's going to be by us watching it, recording it, and, uh, and seeing what happens.